Hello again, and welcome to King Me, the Champion City Kings podcast. Took last week off. Apologies for all that if you were expecting a new episode. But now we're going to cover both week six and week seven, plus what's happened to the Kings in the 2022 MLB draft. We're going to start with that, actually, as the Kings had to go on the second day. And if you want to read more about these two gentlemen, you can find that at championcitykings.com as two important pieces to last year's team drafted in Ben Ross and Jake Miller. We'll start off with Ben Ross, the Shawnee High School graduate, Springfield, Ohio native. And again, both press releases are available at championcitykings.com, written by yours truly. Ben Ross has been drafted in the 2022 Major League Baseball draft in the fifth round with the 144th pick. He is part of the Minnesota Twins family. Ross was part of the history-making 2021 team last year, the first team ever to clinch the playoffs in Springfield and win a playoff game in Springfield before falling in the Eastern Conference Finals at Lafayette. So Ross, last year, if you don't remember last year's team, Batted 356 with 41 RBI, eight home runs, and stole 19 bases. Ben Ross, he did it all. He was mainly in the infield, sometimes played outfield, sometimes was the DH, but everywhere the coach Murphy said to play, Ben Ross was there. And in fact, I'm sure if Ben Ross had, you know, catcher's gear, he probably would have done that too if fast. But yeah, Ben Ross, definitely constant source of offense. He has broken several records with the year he had last year. And this year, he was not with the Kings. He was with the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters of the Northwoods League, coming out of Notre Dame College in Northern Ohio, Division II school. With the Rafters this year, he hit even better than what he did last year. 421 average, 42 games with 39 RBI, and his on-base percentage was over 50%. So, yeah, Ben Ross definitely had a great year last year and had a great year this year. And now he is drafted by the Minnesota Twins. Again, pick number 144 in the fifth round. And in case you're wondering who the farm system for the Twins looks like, they are as follows. Most likely, Ben Ross will start off at the Florida Complex League Twins in Fort Myers, maybe even single A with the Fort Myers Mighty Muscles. Advancing on to Advance A, Cedar Rapids Colonels in Iowa. In Kansas, it's the AA Wichita Wind Surge. Yes, formerly a home to an independent ball team, now part of the Twins farm system. And AAA St. Paul Saints, which, yes, was another independent ball team, but has since swapped over and now the top affiliate for the Twins. In case you were wondering... If you get to see Ben Ross close to Springfield, the answer is possibly. Cedar Rapids and Dayton are members of the Midwest League. However, Cedar Rapids is in the West, Dayton's in the East, and West versus East don't really play each other that regularly anymore. So your guess is as good as mine when Ben Ross will get to the Colonels and if the Colonels will travel to Dayton. That's your best chance to See him close to home. Uh, of course, there's always the road trips and there's ways to watch your favorite minor league teams, of course. But 
I did plan that just to make sure, oh, hey, you know, people might want to see Ben Ross with, you know, teams he's with. So there you go. That's your closest answer, Dayton. In fact, spoilers, it's the same answer for Jake Miller. So definitely proud of Ben. And this one is a little bit more special just because it's a hometown kid playing with his hometown team last year. Graduate of Shawnee High School, also played with the Miami Valley Prospects, which is a youth baseball organization. They do great work, have a lot of great teams in the area. So, yeah, Ben Ross represents Clark County and Springfield with class. And I can't wait to see what his minor league baseball career looks like. So congrats to Ben. Who is the second king? Well, that would be Jake Miller, also last year's team out of Valparaiso University. Chester, New York native, picked in the eighth round of the draft by the Detroit Tigers. That is pick number 237, in case you're asking. Last year's ace, record-breaking Kings team, made the most starts with 10. Appearances, though, he would be fifth or sixth because there's a lot of guys that made more appearances out of the pen. But Miller, 10 starts, two appearances out of the pen, a three ERA and 57 innings. He struck out 71 while allowing just 23 walks in those 10 starts and two relief appearances. Went two and three with one complete game thrown. He got the start in the first ever playoff game at home against the Paints. But the Kings would walk it off 10 to 9 against Chill Coffee. Chill Coffee did get to Miller, and Gage Voorhees would have to come in and close it out. Just three unearned runs in six innings, I believe. Six or seven. That's one of the two. It is a lot. But Jake Miller, absolute stud on the mound. Wasn't with the Kings this year. He was in the Coastal Plain League with the Peninsula Pilots. Miller just made four starts this year, but in those four starts, he struck out 22, walked eight, an ERA of 2.65, and 20 and a third. No wins, no losses for Miller, but again, pure dominance by Jake Miller. It's the highest pick for Valparaiso Beacon since 2010, according to Vapo's athletic department. Also the first pick out of the Missouri Valley Conference this season. So what's the Detroit Tigers farm system look like? Well. Again, you got your rookie league in the Florida Complex League and the Dominican Summer League. You got single A Lakeland Flying Tigers down south, the Advanced A West Michigan Whitecaps in Comstock Park, which is near Grand Rapids, the Double A Erie Seawolves in Pennsylvania, and the longtime affiliate for Detroit, the Triple A Toledo Mudheads. So again, the closest that fans get to see Jake Miller is when he's in advanced day with the Whitecaps, and the Whitecaps make their way to Dayton. Again, both members of the Midwest League, however, West Michigan and Dayton are in the East. So yeah, you got several chances to go see West Michigan versus Dayton. And heck, I mean, if you're around the Springfield area, West Michigan isn't that far. It's, uh, like, like I mentioned, it's Grand Rapids. So yeah, Jake Miller and Ben Ross, we're super proud of you. Congrats on getting drafted. And definitely, I know Coach Gavin Murphy is a very proud man. So Ben Ross, Jake Miller drafted in this year's draft. Day three will start a little bit later today from this day of recording, July 19th. So if there's any changes, hopefully we'll get to talk about them today and tomorrow on PLTV. But those were the two big names that were possible getting drafted. And wouldn't you know, they got drafted in rounds number five 
and eight. So how about those Champion City Kings? What did the last two weeks look like? We'll actually start off with stats first. As the Kings batting average has dropped to 254 as a squad, it's went up a little bit. But altogether, that's about a loss of 20-some batting points since the last time we recorded one of these episodes. On-base percentage at 359, slugger percentage at 334. The Kings overall are 13 and 26, and in the second half, they're now 4 and 6. It was a rough start to the second half, going 1 and 6, but since then, the Kings have won three in a row. We'll look at the individual stats first. Get those out of the way. I shouldn't say get those out of the way, but, you know, on a podcast like this, do you really want to hear all these stats? Or would you rather hear how the Kings have done? But I include the stats anyway, just because it is important to talk about all these guys. Right now, Patrick Foltz is your leading batter, 327, representing the Springfield side of things. Also one of the first to congratulate Ben Ross, former Shawnee Brave, like Patrick Foltz, soon to go to Wright State. Jason Smakowski's average is Dipped a little bit, but still hitting a very healthy 319. Sean Kolenic, 290. Barry Eisman, who is no longer on the team, hit 286. Matt Mercer, 286. His batting average has went up. He had himself quite the series at Johnstown. Spoilers, he had, what, five RBIs in those two games? Well, the second two games. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Edric Badia, 286 as well. Currently... Co-leading the team with home runs with four, along with the next guy, Alex Ryan, who's heading 273. Evan Laurie, a new guy on the team, 267. Jonas Sutton, 255. Nick Dolan, 250. Ethan Kreisen, 227. Gus Gregory, 224. His average is increasing. J.R. Havilland at 211. Trey Carter, 180. Ben Stewart, after getting his average above uh, 210, I believe. It's now at 171. Joel Gardner, 167. Alex Schooler, also a new name. We'll talk about in a second. 143. And that's your Kings thus far. There's been a few changes to the roster. We'll check that out in just a minute. So again, the Kings, they have 165 RBI. That is Alex Ryan leading the way with 22. Patrick Fultz with 21. And Edric Badia with 20. That's your top three. Your leading batters to take a walk. Well, you got several with 14. That's Ben Stewart with 14, Gus Gregory, Ethan Kreisen, Alex Ryan, Edric Badia, one away from 14. He's got 13, uh, 14 for Kalenic and 13 for Fultz. So you got a few kings that can draw some walks. Strikeouts on the other side. Edric Badia has 34. That leads the team. 31 by Nick Dolan, 30 by Jonas Sutton. Also 30 by Ben Stewart as well. So that's your look at the team. Your highest on-base percentage looks like it's 462. Alex Skolar in four games. But who's been here longer with the team? That'd be Sean Kalenic at 417. And Kalenic has played 23 games for the Kings. He was a late arrival. Remember Baldwin Wallace playing the D3 World Series. So, you know. He's got a good reason. Let's look at the pitching side. The ERA has dipped down below six at 5.92. So your current Kings, Kyle Mahan. We'll talk about him in a second. He made his debut and he's been lights out so far. Just one 
hit allowed in two and a third with one save in the books. Hitters are going 125 against Kyle Mahan, the former Centerville Elk and the current Wittenberg Tiger. Joel Gardner with his one appearance. He walked two, but did not give up any runs. Kay Cotney, the starter. He has made seven starts, eight appearances, two and three with a 3.79 ERA. Connor Lockwood, eight starts, 10 appearances, one complete game of a 4.04 ERA. Cotney has thrown 38 innings, Lockwood 49. That 49, by the way, leads the team ahead of Gabe Phipps, Cotney, like I mentioned, and Kyler Archwell. Up next in the ERA, it's Gabe Carter, a 4.19 ERA and 10 calls from the pen. Also with eight appearances out of the pen and two starts, it's Jake Wolf. He's 2-1 with a 4.22 ERA and 21 in the third. Gabe Phipps picked up his first win of the year through seven strong innings. Also has one save, a 4.46 ERA and 40 in a third. Kyra Altrell. A 6.29 ERA, seven starts, nine total appearances, and 34 and a third. Noah Penny, 12 calls from the pen, 7.36 ERA. His ERAs went up a little bit. Trey Carter, 8.18 and 11 innings. John the Ray, 8.31 and eight and two thirds. I believe we talked about John the Ray in this podcast before. Nathan Genderskevich, a 9.64 ERA. Tyler Weinkoop, 10.05 ERA. Aaron Miller, 11.08 ERA. One start, seven calls out of the pen. And that's your current lot of kings. Charlie Schaefer, he's on the IL with a broken finger. He makes six appearances out of the pen before going down. One win, a 12.27 ERA. So again, the kings, a 5.92 ERA. Altogether, this pitching staff has worked 314 and two-thirds innings, walking 166 batters, and striking out 296. Your leading strikeout pitcher is Connor Lockwood with 52. And your second would be Gabe Phipps with 33. 31 for Cade Cotney. Those three gentlemen have been consistent as starters for Champion City. Most walks given up. Uh, Gabe Phipps with 23, Tyler Weinkoop with 16, and in the middle, Kyle Archwell with 19. Batters are hitting 272 against the Kings pitching staff, but like I mentioned, the ERA is going down, 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 thanks to three great wins on the road. As this Kings team, now it's time to talk about the previous weeks. This Kings team, <clears throat> like I mentioned, had a 1-6 record after seven games in the second half, but they're starting to turn things around. So the first game of the second half, it's not quite labeled on the Prospect League website. I believe that would be the July 7th game at Danville, where Champion City fell 4-1. to one. Actually, it would be July the 4th, which there was no game. The Kings were off. They're supposed to have games... On the 5th and 6th, but those got rained away, and we'll play those another day, including the doubleheader against Danville on the 30th. More on that later. So, starting off July the 9th, first win of the second half, a complete 5-1 to one game against the Terre Haute Rex. And this was a game where the Kings 
They had the lead, and really the first two runs they scored in the first two innings, that's all they needed, but they got another three. In that game, Evan Laurie went two for four with one RBI. That was his debut. He's from Howell, Michigan, represents Spring Arbor University, and the coaches really like his left-handed bat. He's a good left-handed batter up there. He's been in the lineup about every day since. Primarily in left, he's played some center. He's an outfielder, and that meant Alex Ryan had to play in left field, but hey, Alex Ryan doesn't care. He'll play wherever the coach tells him. That's the type of guys they have in the pen. They're buying in, and yeah, three straight wins, and chance to build on this win streak tonight against Jill Coffey, who's lost a few players because of injuries. Now, We'll get to why the Kings didn't play Sunday nor Monday. It's not the Kings' fault at all, and it's not weather-related, but more on that later. In that game, Alex Ryan went 3-for-3, and Nick Dolan went 1-for-5 with one RBI. So only two RBI in the game, but hey, 5-to-1, that's the most important thing. Jake Wolf, in just his second start, he gave up one earned run on five hits, struck out eight, walked two and five and a third, picked up his second win. Gabe Carter, he threw two and two thirds of scoreless ball, just two hits against the left-hander, one walk, one strikeout. And Connor Lockwood had himself an inning of strikeout ball. <clears throat> now for the Kings, like I mentioned, first game of the second half at home, Kings went to one and two. And then the doubleheader against West Virginia on July the 10th. Kings fell 6 to nothing in the first game. And know what you might be thinking. Oh, well, West Virginia scored early. No, they scored in the last three innings. And the Kings' bats could not get anything past Chris Massey, who nearly threw a complete game. If it weren't for that pesky 95 pitch limit the Prospect League has. 95 seems like a random number. Why not 100? I don't know. <laughs> That's not a critique. That just just seems random. 95. And the second game, doubleheader, West Virginia won again, 6-1. to one. This starts at a point where the Kings only have four games outside the Ohio River Valley division, meaning every game is oh so important. And like I said, three straight wins. But before that, it was a four-game losing streak. Lost the doubleheader to West Virginia. And lost both games on the road at Johnstown, eight to nothing and six to two. Like I mentioned on several PLTV broadcasts, there were two separate two-game trips to Johnstown. The first one did not go the Kings' way, but the second one did. Coming back home, July fourteenth, the only home game of the week, it was the Kings knocking off the Paints of Chilla Coffee, six to three. We'll open up the box score and tell you in that game, Gabe Phipps undoubtedly threw his best baseball on the season. One unearned run on three hits, seven innings of work, two walks, four strikeouts, his first win. I mean, Phipps, he's thrown the ball well. And he's a good, he's got good stuff. He's a pitch to contact type of pitcher. And that game he had it going on. Normally in the sixth inning, that's been the downfall, but not this time. Phipps threw incredible ball from first inning onwards to the middle of the seventh. And that's his first win. Gabe Carter came in in relief, threw two innings, gave up 
two earned runs off a triple in the ninth. What two hits, two walks, no strikeouts, but he gets the job done. The Kings won it six to three. Offensively, Alex Ryan, well, are you surprised he had another good game? Because he's been having a lot of great games. He went two for four with two runs scored in three RBI. Three RBI led the team. Patrick Fultz, one for four with an RBI. Sean Kalenic, three for four with an RBI. And almost all the Kings got hits. Only Smekowski and Padilla didn't. However, Smekowski walked. And Padilla, he would have had an RBI, but uh, you can't get those off double plays. So, but... The Kings were able to come back down a run after the second inning with three in the fifth to chase the starter away and give him a loss and another three in the seventh to put some insurance runs on out hitting Chillicothe 11 to five and both teams committing one error on the night. So that second road trip, let's look. It is the Mill Rats hosting the Kings and this one went champion city's side nine to three. Thanks to a five-run fifth inning for the Kings. They out-hit the Millrats 9-6. No errors for Champion City. Three errors for Johnstown. In this game, Connor Lockwood went eight innings for his fourth win. He's now 4-2. and two. One earned run, four hits, eight innings. Walked zero and struck out nine. Noah Penny on the other side. He gave up two-thirds of an inning with two earned runs, two hits, and two walks. Jake Wolf closed it out with a scoreless third. It was a game where the Kings were led offensively. Three RBI from Matt Mercer, who went two for four in the first game. Edric Padilla, two for four. Patrick Fultz, two for three. Also two RBI for the former Shawnee Brave. Ethan Kreisen, one for four. Evan Laurie, the DH, one for five. And Smekowski, one for four. As we look at the second game and the last game the Kings have played, and we'll tell you why the series of West Virginia was postponed. The Kings, well, they were in a battle with Johnstown. Led three to nothing after three. Johnstown tied it up in the fifth. Then Champion City got a run in the seventh. So did the Millrats. Another run in the eighth for the Kings. Same for the Millrats. And then top of the ninth was Matt Mercer driving home. His only hit of the day, he went one for five, but those two RBI proved to be the difference maker as the Kings won their third straight. Smirkowski went three of five. Padilla went one for four with two runs scored. Fultz two for four with a run scored. Sutton one for three with a run scored. And Gregory two for four with two runs scored. Pitching wise, Kyler Archwell in five innings of work just gave up three earned runs. That was in the bomb of the fifth. Walking three, striking out six with five hits allowed. Did not get the decision. Trey Carter threw an inning in a third. Gave up one earned run, one hit. Walked four, struck out two. Jonathan Ray would get the decision. He picked up an inning in two thirds. One unearned run against Ray with one hit, two walks, and one strikeout. And Kyle Mahan would pick up his first save as a champion city king. He struck out one in his only inning of work. So that's where the Kings sit right now. Seven to five was that win. And now time to tell you why the series of West Virginia was not played. COVID-19 concerns on the minors side. Like I said, it wasn't the Kings fault at all. And I'm not getting into a topic where people, you know, say what they feel about COVID. But 
yeah, it's still going around. We're still in this pandemic. But right now, it's postponed. Make update in time to be announced. However, if I remember right, I think there's just one more. No, there are two more trips to West Virginia. Well, one more trip with two games at West Virginia. How about that? And then the Myers will come into town twice more. No, thrice more. Three times more. Not sure about Wednesday's game, to be honest with you, because the Miners, again, COVID-19 shut it down to be safe, and I'm not sure what the status is of that game. Hopefully, we'll find out more tonight or tomorrow. But right now, plan for the game, okay? And plan for tonight, chill a coffee in town. It is Halloween in July night. So kids can get in for free with a Halloween costume, and it's $2 Tuesday. So come out for a good time. It'll be Chilla Coffee versus Champion City. And the Kings have won three in a row against the Paints at home. If yet to conquer Chilla Coffee on the road, but three straight wins against the Paints at home. Again, this Chilla Coffee team, yeah, they might be hurting with rosters, but hey, a win's a win. So go out and get them type of thing. And after tomorrow's home game against West Virginia, where we are scheduled to have a special guest, Todd Benzinger. You might know him for recording the last out in the 1990 World Series against the heavily favored Oakland Athletics. You might remember him as the manager of the Dayton Dragons. You might remember him as the color commentator on Dragons games when they were on TV at 7.2, which technically is no longer a thing. Back then, it was just the all-weather station. And they shut that down a few years ago, actually. An all-weather station. Hmm. And it's not the Weather Channel or anything like that. It's just like local weather. It's seriously like just the weather portion, as you might guess. And then the Kings hit the road again. They'll have a doubleheader Thursday at Chilla Coffee. Another game at Chilla Coffee on Friday. A game at Lafayette this Saturday and off Sunday. Back home on Monday, July 25th against West Virginia. Then we'll head to the Miners. Trying to think. That Danville game on next Saturday, the 30th, is now a doubleheader. I don't know if you can have three doubleheaders in a week, especially back-to-back days with doubleheaders. I don't remember that rule, but it'll be the last trip to West Virginia and then at Chilla Coffee on the 28th before coming home for all but one game the last two weeks of the regular season. At, ter- uh, at home against Terre Haute on the 29th, doubleheader with Danville on the 30th, Lafayette in town on the 31st, flip the calendar off Monday, August the 1st, home against West Virginia the 2nd, Johnstown the 3rd and the 4th, at Chilla Coffee on the 5th, and to close out the regular season, August the 6th against Chilla Coffee. Yeah, we're looking at the last three weeks of the season. Now time to look at the standings in the second half. Remember, uh, Chilla Coffee clinched up the Ohio River Valley Division on June 28th, so they can't double clinch. That's not a thing in the Prospect League. They have the home game August the 7th, and they're waiting on who wins the second half to play that playoff game. Right now, Johnstown 7-4. and four. They won against Chilla Coffee last night. West Virginia 5-5. Five and five. 
Chill Coffee at five and six, and Champion City four and six. So right now the Kings, they have one three in a row. They're two and a half back of first. And yeah, all these rest of the games, the exception of four, excuse me, five with the doubleheader, are going to be against Ohio River Valley foes. So I still like the Kings' chances, but they got to play good baseball like they have been the past three games. That series sweep at Johnstown was sweet. And beating Chill Coffee being the closest rivalry to, you know, the two teams. That's always huge. So I think it's doable, but now it's buckle up time. And I hope you join me on PLTV. In case you're wondering, in the Wabash River, Danville won the first half and they're not letting up in the second half. Dan's are 9-1. and one. So right now, your top spot in the Wabash River, Illinois Valley 8-3, and three, Terre Haute 8-4, and four, Lafayette 4-8. Four and eight. And in case you're wondering, in the West, Quincy won the Great River Division and O'Fallon won the Prairie Land Division. Had to... No, excuse me. It was Alton winning the Prairie Land Division. What am I thinking? Alton had the better first half. Duh. But there you go. That's your look at the upcoming week for Champion City. And that will do it for this episode. Hopefully next week we'll get a guest. And I do apologize on having last week off. Just got put in the back burner and forgotten about. Sorry. But we'll talk to you again next time. Uh, PL... TV links, ticket information. You can visit championcitykings.com for all that. And I hope you join me on the next PLTV broadcast again tonight against Chill Coffee, tomorrow against West Virginia. Both games start at 6.35 with the first pitch, 6.20 pregame show. Join me then, and I'll talk to you on PLTV. This is Lee W. Mounds signing off for another episode of King Me, the Champion City Kings podcast, week six and seven in the books.